Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to Short Tales. For today's episode, I am very, very pleased to be joined by the always delightful Jackson Bailey. Welcome, Jack. Oh, too kind. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Always delightful is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. You're a constant delight. Oh, that's too lovely. Um, thanks for coming on. I've been so looking forward uh, to this chat. Mm. Uh, you know, I love chatting with you anyway, but the topic you've chosen is one that's like so perfect. One, because I, I love it. Mm. Um, I love reading what we're going to be talking about. I love writing what we're talking about. I definitely love talking about what we're going to be talking about. Um, and I'm talking around it, so why don't we just jump straight <laughs> in? Jack, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, writing for genre or writing genre specifically, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Which, like, yeah, to me, it's I think it's perfect for this podcast because basically all the stories I share are mostly genre. They're yeah. Like, I think all of them are genre in one way or another. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, I find that that's just, yeah, I'm, I'm so, that's what I'm interested in. Mm. Uh, like, not that I would never read sort of more classical I don't even know what the term for non-genre is. Yeah, I mean, I is. guess kind of in a way everything is uh, yeah. something, some kind of genre. But then there's like a specific vibe when you say you're writing for genre. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Somehow that's, that is more interesting. Yeah. Well, I think like to me, the way I sort of define it is it's like, it's that standard human existence. We're just talking about actual mm. world, real world. Yeah. Nothing is sort of that um, eclectic or eccentric yeah. or exaggerated. It's just our world and people living in it and we're going to tell their stories. That's yeah. sort of like, again. Yeah, that's kind of your baseline, I guess, baseline, non-genred yeah. story. Where yeah. the genre stories I am, it takes that, but it just adds yeah, something. some layer, whatever right. the layer happens to be. And yeah. like for me, I think it's like, well, I live that other existence every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's good. It's yeah, got nothing wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> but throw in something a bit weird or interesting yeah, or absolutely. scary, then I'm interested. You now need wanna... that little that little hook. Otherwise, you're... And like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't think I would ever, if somebody was like, here's like a, like a realistic the character piece about a person. Yeah. I, it's not like I would turn my nose up at that but yeah sometimes you need a little something something you know? that's it and i like i even think about the genres i really enjoy the most so i'd say like fantasy sci-fi horror mm-hmm. mystery would be my top four and yeah i think because yeah it's like all of them add something a little extra spice to mm. the meal where the the genres i find i'm not i don't seem to get off on as much of like western maybe romance yeah because again, I still think, wow, they're still too close to real. Yeah, world. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can still have, and like when you hear about a western or a romance that has that little bit extra, like all of a sudden you're Hell interested. Yes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's because because I guess it's kind of the same thing. It gets a western is just like that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's historic. Right. You know yeah, what it's I mean? Just like history. It's yeah, just the way we, we were there, and like not that I, not that I'm against that. Like I like you know I can read I can read historical like uh, nonfiction. Yeah, I love that. I'm yeah, all over yeah, that. Yeah. But then historical fiction, I'm like, well, yeah. I might as well be reading about something that and i guess maybe in that situation it's like the little extra spice is that it's real you know what yeah, I mean? yeah i think that's true i think that's true i think yeah like actual history is so mind-blowing because you're like yeah no no one's trying to trying to manipulate me yeah. and come up with the most interesting thing no they're just writing down what freaking yeah. happened which is crazy but then yeah as soon as you have historical fiction you're like all right we'll throw a fucking alien in there or something guys come on <laughs> i know you can do anything you like why is it so boring and normal <laughs> Do you do you ever find when you're writing, uh, like you will, like how cl- I guess close to the genre will you try and stick, or is in your head are you like I am writing a genre piece, yeah, or is it like just kind of whatever you're writing, whatever comes out, is yeah. Sort of what well, that's you a get, great you know? question because like I think when we talk about genre, obviously usually I'm finding I I, I want to write in that genre mm. because I'm wanting to hit those tropes, yeah, that, like. And like, I think with genre, it's so important to know the tropes of the genre for both for yourself, but also for an eventual audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I think if you don't hit them, you're sort of making a promise you're not going to fulfill on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's genre stories I find myself getting most frustrated with where it's like, oh, uh, you sort of dabbled in it, but you actually don't care about the yeah, genre. Yeah. You're yeah. Not yeah. The tropes. So for me, it's like, I come to it with like, I want to play with those tropes. Mm. Like, I want to play in that sandbox and sort of. See what I can come up with. Is that how it works for you? Well, yeah, I sort of kind of. Like, I've recently started 
trying to write like little short horror stories. Mm-hmm. And like I, I wrote a couple of them and at the end of them I was like, well, this isn't really scary or, right. or necessarily horrifying. It's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, is that like, you know, because I did set, set out to be like, well, this yeah. is kind of maybe a spooky notion or whatever. Yeah. The first one I had, it was just like a random thought where I was like, what if there was a group of people trying to deepen a well mm. in the front of a church and they dig down and the shovel instead of like goes through the dirt and a bunch of blood spurts out. And Ooh. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And then yeah. I'm like, well, maybe they, as they dig deeper, they move through like skin and then Ooh. membrane and then skull and then full on brain. And then they fall into the brain. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's not really scary. It's yeah. just like a kind of fucked up thing that right. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, but I definitely set out to be like, oh, this is like a horror story. Yeah. But then in the end, I was like, well, I, don't, I actually don't know what it is. But then you have the genre weird fiction, yes. which is a nice catch-all term. To yeah, like, it really covers well, it all. Weird fiction, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like regular, it's the same thing. It's it's regular existence and then something's a little strange, something's yeah. a little off, a little different. Yeah. Um, and you can just call it weird fiction. You kind of get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Way. I find yeah. the same for like speculative fiction is one that comes up a lot in terms of like, people like, oh, we don't need call it sci-fi or fantasy. If you want to merge them yeah. together, you call it speculative fiction. You're like... But any fiction is speculating. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're always speculating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds super interesting, though. So, like, when you're writing that one, well, like, I, I guess you're sort of saying it. you started as horror, but it sort of bent away from it. Well, yeah, I guess it was, like, because it just started, like, the idea was, <laughs> the idea was, what if there was a huge guy under a church? Yeah, which is That was the very idea. first thought. That was, yeah. like, what if there's a big guy under a church, and then... Yeah, I guess the direction I went in is I'm like, well, what could be scary about this? Mm, mm. Because that's not really a story. There's a big guy under a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, well, let's, you know, what what can I do here? How can I make this scary? And then, like, I mean, like how the story ends is somebody, the guy digging down deeper Mm. into the well, into the, the giant guy digs through the skull, they chop it away with a chainsaw, and then slips in, falls into the brain. Because the brain, in reality, I think is not super solid yeah, so it's just okay. kind of like sucked down into that disappears yeah, that's, and that's i was like horrific. well that's kind of scary but it's yeah, like yeah. it's still not like I, I don't think i did a good job of building tension it just right, sort of right. happens so i don't know i don't know yeah yeah i mean like this is where like again if we're talking genre this is where it's so interesting because like any genre is always uh, a spectrum yeah and not even like a single line linear spectrum it's like a 3d orb spectrum mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. where like in some ways if you like you go over here and you could go oh okay well that's Body horror and the mm. other end of that is obviously, well, not really body horror. Maybe. Yeah. But then, yeah, there's so many different facets you can take in to say this is horror or not. Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously me and, and Sean and Tom do Scaredy Boys and yeah. like having now watched a crazy amount of horror, you realize just how versatile a single genre really mm, is when you dive sure. deep on any one genre. Um, so like, I think it would still fit hundred percent into genre, into horror, yeah. but it also would fit into weird. Like, yeah, again. yeah. And I think that's the kind of, I don't, I, like, I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, I'll pick horror as the genre and then wherever the dart lands is yeah. the specific kind of horror, you know, the specific genre, yeah. like within horror that it'll end up being. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Like I, it's like, I really like talking about genre, thinking about genre and, and exploring different genre pieces, but I also think when you're writing, you almost like don't want to think. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, and that's true for so much writing, like advice, writing lessons that people give you, or any of that sort of stuff. Where it's like, here are the rules to writing. You're like, yes, but yeah, forget about it until after that first draft. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're trying to, I feel like if you're trying to sort of like tick those boxes and hit those points instead of just writing a story. It feel, I mean, I don't know, but it feels like it's not going to be as interesting a story. Like, if you think yeah. fantasy is your genre, right. you're like, well, I'm just going to write a fantasy story. Yes. Like, fantasy, I think, even more than horror as a genre, mm. it is is so broad and so wide. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. that if you're like, I'm just going to write a fantasy and I'm going to hit those fantasy points, mm. like, I don't even know what that story would be, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I do know what you mean. Because, like, even if you're going, all right, I'm writing fantasy, but yeah. obviously, as soon as we get into subgenres, yeah, yeah. So then we've got, like, high fantasy, medieval sort of English mm. style. And then, like, if you have magical realism, which can kind of just be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. you're like, wait, do I need knights in my story? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. When am I setting it? What do I need to stick to and yeah, stuff? Yeah. It makes me think of when people talk about their fantasy stories and then they, like, like um, they try and make it as... Uh, what's the word here? Like as similar to a real life medieval period yeah, or whatever as possible. Yeah. And you're like, why? I mean, you're welcome to do that. Yep. But why are you doing that? I why agree. is that necessary for your story? Like you sometimes hear it where people are talking about, uh, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit at mm. some point, like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Because like I've written Dungeons and Dragons mm. campaigns and stuff like that. And you hear people talking about their fantasy world and they're like, well, of course women can't be knights or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> yeah. why? And they're like, well, because they weren't knights in yeah. medieval time. And you're like, but that's... 
but that this isn't the Maddie. That's right. a that, that, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and like I think that kind of brings us nicely to something I was hoping to chat about anyway. Like, is the the escapism of of mm. genre stories, the, the genre that we're kind of the way we're defining it for today. Yeah, and I think that's a big draw for me. Is like, yeah, like I said, I I live the real world shit. Yeah, give me something heightened and interesting. Absolutely. And you're like, you can escape to any world. You can escape <laughs> yeah. to a world where guess what? Women are still repressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, why would you do that? You don't yeah. have to do that if you're writing a piece of historical fiction you yeah. could get away with it because you're like sure. well this i'm trying to make it as true to life as possible if yeah. not it's your choice you've yeah. decided to make that the case <laughs> which is so funny yeah it's, it's funny that like you know you can write anything like mm. that uh there was a, a story i was reading i wish i could remember the name of the author or the story mm. um <laughs> but it was in the valen court uh collection of world horror i think mm. the first volume and it was just a story about a, a woman whose uh parents have passed away and she's cleaning out their house yeah uh, and they're hoarders. Right. And so she's cleaning all of this stuff. And then she just discovers in amongst all of the like piles of newspaper and the crap, a tribe of miniature women who have been just living in the house the whole time. Love it. And she's like, oh, but it's like, you know, presented very mundanely. She's like, mm. oh, that's like a problem I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah, like yeah. an infestation. Damn. And then I think she hates her brother and her brother comes home and the women kill him. And she's like, oh, whatever. Good. <laughs> but like when I finished reading that, I was like, you can write anything. You can yes. write anything you want. Like that's there's no rules, really. That's it. You can sit down and be like, what about if there was a group of tiny women in the uh, this person's dead parents house right i know that's it that's the story i'm telling you can just do that yeah you can just write that and, it's yeah. so, and like it's generally very exciting when you have that yeah, revelation it really is. just like and then for me i think it's like you get that nice sort of what if question mm. and then sometimes it's like the story present i find with me sometimes i can be like oh and i can already see what the story is gonna yeah. be other times i'm like oh i've got no idea <laughs> yeah, i've written yeah. this as a one sentence <laughs> thing let's see where it goes yeah for and sure. again i think both versions are like Really exciting for mm. very different reasons. Like the, the enjoyment comes from slightly different places. Yeah, big time. But I think all of it comes from the fact that it's like I get to explore something I will never explore in real life. Yeah, for sure. Like little people, I wish I could come and find a bunch of little, <laughs> little people. In little women just living in a tribe in my parents' house <laughs> and be like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Damn. Well, get rid of the newspapers, I guess, and hope they don't hassle me too yeah, much. Yeah. And that's just a, that's a story you can tell. Yeah, that's for it. sure. Like um, I was I was reading Neil Gaiman. He's got this book, uh, View from the Cheap Sheets. It was just a bunch of his essays, and I think mm. he's talking about a Ray Bradbury story. Oh yeah, and he was, but through that he was talking about the genre of sci-fi. I actually so he gave these three sort of um phrases, I guess, that inspire science fiction or speculative fiction or whatever. I actually think it works for all genre yeah. personally. But the first one is what if, mm-hmm. like what if this existed, which yeah. I think is like already that just opens so many oh, doors yeah. within my mind That's of like incredible. Just like and it's it's such a tiny little like it's two words, yeah. But all of a sudden your mind's whoa, going yeah. crazy. Think about what if you exactly. Know? And then the next one was if only this. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's like, right. okay, I think that one's a bit more grounded in mm. like, yep, the world we live on, but if only this other thing happened, then what would that, yeah, would that look for like? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the last one is if this goes on and is more like, if this goes on, things are going to get bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's, what's whatever the, next the thing yeah. is. Yeah. For sure. And I like all of them. And I like another thing I like about genre is sort of that it gives these, these beautiful boundaries mm. to you, both as a reader and a writer that I, I think is so necessary. We're like- Sometimes writing is just like, oh, but I could write about anything. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What should I write but, about? Yeah, today? but they, yeah, that's that's kind of too broad. That's almost intimidating. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I need those parameters, mm. or not even parameters necessarily. I guess just a starting point. Yes. you know what I mean. Like, I yeah, just need yeah, a, yeah. a starting moment to see what happens next. Kind of. Yeah, that's it. And I think, like, obviously for your story, I like that that starting point was horror. Then the story got to go wherever yeah, it wanted. Yeah, I think, for sure. And this is where you like those parameters are great to begin with to get the, the juices mm. flowing and the train going. But from then on, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's going to be a, and it's kind of. I mean, like for me, most of the time, it'll it'll start with that little idea, that little mm. germ of an idea, and then. It's like, oh, well, okay, that idea probably falls into horror. Yeah. Okay, so it's a horror story. What is the story? You write mm. the story. You're like, oh, I guess it wasn't really a horror story. It yeah. was like a weird fiction. And then you're like, for me anyway, I'm like, and what was the story about? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like at yeah. the end of it, you're like, and what the hell was I saying with all of that? Exactly. You know? Which I think is such a part of writing, so, uh, especially newbie writers might not realize. You don't have to know what you're doing at all. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Some of the best stories I think I've written is like, for a long time, for a few years there, every because I was sort of working a more nine to five, I didn't have as much time during the, the work week to do writing. Yeah. Um, so on the w- weekends I'd give myself like an hour or two every day on the week, just on Saturday and Sunday to write. Yeah. And I'd often go in with like no plan. This was just free form writing. Let's see what, 
and same as you, I'd sort of start with this like germ of an idea. Yeah. And then I think knowing this is where knowing the genre can help because even that idea, it can be still too broad. Yeah, for sure. For like, whoa, okay, yeah, somebody, you know, I don't know, grows antlers one mm. morning, what happens next? But you're still like, I don't know what happens next. Yeah, go, yeah. Okay, if it's a horror story, okay, things are going to go bad. Yeah, that's true. That's right. true. But, but if it's like a magic realism story, yeah. things might go regular. Maybe there's <laughs> some powers involved. Yeah. Or if it's a sci-fi story, maybe aliens have come during the night and they're going to come back for an antlers. Yeah. Right, exactly. So like all of it is like, it gives you more of a direction. And then again, from that point, who cares if it goes off brand? Yeah, 100%. It's more interesting. So well, that brings us to another thing I wanted to talk about. You sort of talked about how starting of stories, that first initial yeah. birth of an idea. So like what has been the process for you with these horror stories you've been writing? Uh, for me, a lot of it, like sometimes it'll just be like two words. Yeah. So another one of the stories that I've written that on reflection, I'm like, I don't know if I like this story. But anyway, right. one of them, I just got in my head, piss ghost. <laughs> that was it. I was like, whoa. And it happened so bafflingly. I just finished quite an intense therapy session. Right. And I was sitting at my computer after a telehealth and I was just sitting there and I was kind of processing everything and my brain was like, piss ghost. And I was like, okay, all right, let's see where this goes. And so I started just writing writing the story from that. Like, yeah. I'm just like, okay, piss ghost, let's go. And yeah. it, sometimes it can be like that, just, yeah, just two words or yes. an image or... Uh, something like that. But sometimes I think it can also be like for me, uh, like uh, wanting to capture a specific vibe. Yep. And I think horror is quite good mm. for that as well because you don't, obviously, with horror, you are telling a story. With any writing, you want yeah. to be trying to tell some kind of story. Yes, there needs to be a shake but, to it. But horror is nice because sometimes you can be like, well, I'm not really trying. I just want to get across mm. an unsettling vibe. I think yeah. some of the best yeah. horror stories for me are the ones where you're like, there was no necessarily like a huge monster or a yeah. ghoul or a witch or whatever, but the vibes were off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, if you can manage that, that's great. So sometimes it comes from, yeah, I'm just like, well, I want to capture, like, I, w- I was like, I want to capture this, the feeling of being at a party mm. and the party's starting to wind down and maybe it's like winter and everybody's outside around a fire and somehow just kind of like, you don't even really notice it happening. Mm. Everybody's telling their ghost stories, you know, that right. kind of vibe. And, lovely, and all of a sudden lovely. you're getting, you want to be a little bit closer to the fire and yeah. you, you kind of don't want the ghost stories to end because it's an exciting feeling mm. to hear everybody's ghost stories. But you're looking behind yourself. You're, you're kind of looking up at the house with its, its bright, you know, nat- uh, like unnatural lights, and mm. you're like, it's safe in there, but yeah. it's kind of fun to be unsafe yeah, out exciting, here. Yeah. And like, there's no germ of an idea of that story. Right. There's no like, this is what the narrative will be, mm. but you're just like, how do I get across that? That's what I want to do. I want to yeah. put that vibe on paper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I think because like for for me, I've sort of definitely had some stories where that's been the, the instigator where it's like, can I capture that, mm. first of all? Because, like, again, the challenge of writing is always like, well, it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, And yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's really having a good time up there. <laughs> How do I get it on the page? And then you're like, so great. That's that's just a nice, fun challenge to give yourself. Yeah, Let's for see sure. Let's do it. And then I find inevitably once you start putting words down, like these little details start emerging. Mm. And I might just – and this is where I find story really interesting. We're like, you can plan all the live long day. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully some real sort of curiosities come through you, like, like piss guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't even really know where that came Let's from. Let's see what happens. And then you don't even know, like with Piss Ghost, I was like, I don't know what this story is going to be about. Yeah. And I was like, well, the first place I went to is like, you know, like an underpass mm. between two parks somewhere in the middle of the suburbs right. that just smells like piss. Yes. I yeah. was like, well, that's where I'm thinking. I'm thinking one of them. And I'm like, well, I guess what if that piss isn't piss? It's like a ghost, like or right. like a spirit or yeah. something. And then I'm like, well... You kind of, and I guess that's kind of how a story happens. You're like, mm. okay, that's down there under the underpass. Who encounters it? And yeah. then you're like, well, in my house, I was in this my story. I was like, it's a woman going home from work. Yeah, right. And I was like, what does the piss ghost mean? And then, uh, you know, yeah. it just kind of like sort of spirals until you end up with a narrative or whatever. And then you do yeah. that thing at the end where you're like, what's what? What, what was I saying there? Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. What was I putting into words there? For sure. Yeah. And that's it. I think yeah, you don't need to know. Like then you can always do a second draft and you know. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm saying this. Let's shape it a bit more. Absolutely. To, to fit yeah. That. For sure. Um, but I think yeah, like having that nice little initial idea whether it's the vibe or it's the genre or whatever. Mm. And then it's just, yeah, then it's literally just asking yourself questions and coming up with yeah, answers. Like it's sure. as crazy as simple <laughs> as that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then hopefully finding, you know, interesting answers. Yeah, because sometimes you can be like, what about this? And then you yeah. write out and you're like, oh, well, okay. That was, okay, that was like not that. worth anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never like, mind. Oh, the ghost just pisses everywhere. Okay, maybe we'll stay <laughs> yeah, Actually, yeah, there's, there's actually <laughs> nothing to piss yeah. ghost. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, kiss a kiss But that actually makes me think of something else I really love about genre is where you've kind of got these, again, it's where it's like... It gives you boundaries, but then within those boundaries, you've got so much room to mm. play. 
It's like the idea of a ghost, for example. Like, yeah. what is a ghost? Is it literally the a literal spirit mm. who's got unfinished business and hasn't crossed over to any kind of afterlife? Or is it a metaphor for something? Yeah. Or is it just like a lingering bad smell? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I re- exactly. like this is what I love about genre is they're just like, it gives you those boundaries, but within those boundaries, there are endless possibilities. Absolutely. And I think a cool thing you can do with a lot of, because I mean, like these, you know, genre is centuries, centuries old or whatever, sure, yeah. is that we have like conventions of horror that like, uh, what am I trying to say here? Like, whereas horror is like, or anything is like, it's the regular world. And then yeah. there's, we've put this twist on it. We've put this spice in it. Mm. I think because people are so used to the conventions of horror, you can be like, it's a regular horror story, mm. but we've put some spice on that. Yes, and that's, that's always it. nice to be able to do. It's like, it's what, what has become the new normal in these series. What's become yeah. expected. You can suddenly make unexpected. And, yeah. and you know, with it, I think a ghost is a great example of that. Mm. Everybody knows what a, the shape of a ghost story. Yes. Yeah. And so you can be like, well, how's my ghost story shaped? different like what about my ghost story is gonna throw people off yeah yeah that's it like i was even writing um i I think this story will have already come out on this podcast um but it's a vampire story and the first i wanted to hold off on saying vampire or confirming Mm. vampire until the midpoint basically definitely there was more than enough clues for you to go yeah i think i think this girl's (laughs) a vampire vampire. uh but yeah i wanted to hold off just to be because basically this girl wakes up and finds a dead body but next to her bed and she's just like oh shucks not again (laughs) gee whiz and so the whole story is her just having to get rid of it yeah cool but anyway so the actual like lore of the vampire-ness i was like i'll just kind of do standard vampire rules Mm. it's it's night when she sort of wakes up because of course it is yeah um, yeah, this guy's dead. She's fed on There's sort of, you know, blood around her mouth, this sort of stuff. And again, I know this has definitely been done by other writers when it comes to vampire, but I'm like, actually, I don't think I want that. I want to like ground it in something. When yeah, I was cool. in uni, I studied, um, immunology and I've always found it so friggin' interesting. Parasites in particular. Like, mm, so sure. creepy, alien, disgusting, oh, yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Parasites are So nasty. I'm like, yeah. right. This vampirism is a parasite, which I know has definitely been done before. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, but let's dig into what it is. Like why, you know. And so straight away, I'm I'm having more fun with it mm. because it's like, okay, regular vampire stuff, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's been yeah. done. How do I put an extra stank on there, that extra spice? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, yeah, I'm like, okay, this thing literally replaces her whole circulatory system. <sighs> rolls. Like it is, that's, so she needs it. That's why it needs blood. It's in her brain a bit, which is sort of, that's why it's so enjoyable for her to drink blood. It mm. also can... Yes, she can bite people and through that it might like it might release its own certain kind of neurotoxins. That's the hypnosis That's sort cool. of coming through. All this sort of stuff. And it's like as soon as I kind of went on this, it was like all these other blanks started filling in yeah. about okay, what do I like yeah, she can eat because if it's just a parasite, guess what? You still need to eat food. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's that's still in there. And what I really like about that is that all of a sudden the genres change, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, that's it's, true. Dude. It's yeah. like, well, you, you you know, if you're just doing a typical vampire story, it's like mm. a well, it's a vampire story, right. but all of a sudden, maybe there's like a level of body horror to it, yes. or there's a level of and and you kind of, I feel like you uh, like enrich the story a yeah. little bit by by yeah putting those twists on it. Yeah. I agree. Like there's, I think when you sort of smash two genres together, it can make for some of the best oh, stuff. A hundred percent. The genre I find mystery mm-hmm. i'm like it's like i don't know cheese yeah you throw it in any meal and somehow you're like this is great yeah that's very true mystery <laughs> yeah. is one of those ones it, it connects to anything any genre yeah. yeah you can put mystery on the body that's probably not true i mean well no it's not mm. not true you can attach any genre to any genre yeah. but some definitely work better than others and yeah, yeah. mystery plug it on anything and I y- think it's so. a good time yeah yeah like if you have like horror mystery it's like to me part of it is figuring out how the monster works yeah. it's that that's the the mystery element and I also love, like, for mystery, like, great if you've got a classical detective or mm. Sherlock Holmes or an actual cop or whatever. I love a mystery where the person who has to be the detective has no right to be <laughs> yeah, the detective. They yeah, suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just happen to be there at that point. Yeah, for and sure. they've got to solve it for whatever reason. They're just reason. caught up in whatever's yeah, going on for yeah. 100%. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's great. And, like, same thing for, like, fantasy or magical realism mystery. It's the same thing. It's, like, figuring out. What the hell is going on? Yeah, like something yeah. is weird. We got to figure it out. That's sort of the mystery. But yeah, I think you can throw it on anything. Mm. It's like you can just right. tack it on the end, and it'll work. Like even those genres we were saying at the beginning, like a western or a romance. Yes. If somebody was like, "It's a western mystery," oh, all of a sudden now I'm way I'm more like intriguing. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah. Or a romance mystery, which I feel like I've, I'm sure happens, but I've never yeah. heard talked about. Already, I'm interested. You know. Yeah, I mean? and see yeah. again. So this is where genre is so exciting, where it's just like already your brain is percolating with like. 
options, mm. so many ideas and like, cool, okay, let me write some of these down yeah. and get them working. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like knowing genre, especially like we were sort of talking about knowing the start of your story, mm. I think they, they do kind of work in tandem because it's there's so much inspiration that I think they can come mm. from genre. And something we haven't, we've sort of talked around is like the idea of subverting yeah, yeah, genre, yeah, which yeah. is like, you know, Big talked time. about so often these days. But I do think that's where like really good stories come from. But I also think it's like, trickier than it sounds oh for you're sure i like, oh, subvert it so you do like the opposite and you're like <laughs> i think the trick with subverting genre is like you're still fulfilling on the promises on the yeah. tropes of genre while also giving something completely new and different yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. You, you you kind of like subverted horror is still horror yeah you know what right. I mean? like yeah. you're still yeah you still you're right you still need to fulfill the promises you still need to give that scare or that feeling of yes. unsettling or, or or being unsettled or whatever but yeah you just you're just adding that twist. You're adding that yeah. unexpected element to the story. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a horror one. So like, there have obviously been a few horrors now like this where it's just like, this is going to be in broad daylight. Mm. So like, okay, the usual trope of horror happens at night. We're subverting that. Yeah. But all the rest of the tropes, like you said, still being terrified and the, su- the suspense, suspense and the tension. tension yeah. yeah. Is all coming across. You still need to get that there, yeah. Yeah, if anything, maybe it's like even heightened because, hold on, I yeah, thought I was safe I, in the day. Yeah, exactly, the sun's out. I shouldn't be in right. danger. One, one of my favorite uh, horror stories ever mm. is The White People by Arthur Machen, or Machen, oh, okay. I never know how to say his Check surname. Out, yeah. um, and it's he's one of the sort of like early cosmic horror guys. Right. He, he was a big inspiration for Lovecraft and stuff. Mm. Uh, he's he, The great god Pan, I think, is his most famous work. Okay. It sucks shit. I, <laughs> anyway, but I really like like the white people and yeah. the white people the it's got this sort of framing device where it's one of those classic like 1800s framing devices yeah. where it's three men having an important discussion <laughs> i love to do that in yeah, old horror do. books but anyway it's like this one guy knows a maniac and has taken his friend to meet the maniac right. and the maniac's like sin isn't what you think you think sin is like a guy stealing your purse right. or killing a friend that's not sin that's bad socially mm. but that's not like that's not like what i'm defining as sin right. sin is like if your cat started talking to you that's sin oh, or, oh, your, that's cool. or a, a rock grew like a tree that's sin huh. and the guy's like huh i don't, don't really get what you mean but that's interesting and he's like all right let me give you this this book maybe you read this book this will explain it to you and yeah. what the book is is it's a little green diary of like a like a little girl in the high country of england mm. or whatever kind of describing in this really sort of stream of consciousness way, like learning these weird rituals and Mm. visiting these strange places. But it's kind of great because there's no like value judgments being made by the kid. The kid's just getting it all kind of with no context or no like anything bad is happening. So the whole story... It's a horror story, but it's written around the horror story, if you know what I mean. The horror story is like you just see like glimpses and snippets of it through this kid's very childlike, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And like, oh, and nurse taught me this thing, and I have to say this thing. Mm. And yeah, I saw this thing, but I'm not going to talk about the thing I saw. (laughs) And it just does this great job of showing you the shape of the thing without... Yes. Showing you the shape of the thing. Yeah, that sounds... And I, I just love that about it. I yeah. love the way it's... it's Yeah, the, the horror is there, yeah. but you're not actually looking at it. You know what right. I mean? Right, and like even the subversion of obviously usually horror, I, I think it's usually trying to put you, the audience, as much into the mm. driver's seat as you can, so you are generally feeling scared for yourself. Right? Yeah. Where like this one's almost purposely stripping away some of that to go... Absolutely. One, it's a little girl whose perspective is so naive, I guess, that... She doesn't realize these things are horrible. Yeah. And so it should dilute it a bit for you. But if it's still bringing in those horror tropes and it's still giving a sense of fear, if anything, like now you're worried for this girl because yeah, she's ab- getting so immense. Absolutely what it's like. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I right, get out of there. What are you doing? Yeah. And like, there's just like these strange moments where like she has this nurse that mm. keeps on telling her these like stories that sound like fairy tales, but right. you're like, no, I don't know. Oh. Like I'm reading into this and I know it's not a fairy tale. Something yeah. fucked up has happened here. Sure. And this girl's learning weird little witch secrets, but obviously she doesn't contextualize them as yep. witch secrets. Yep. They're just games she's playing with the nurse. And then her nurse just disappears. And she's yep. like, oh, my nurse has been gone for two years. I don't know where she's gone. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> oh, shit. Where did, what happened? Did, did her, like your father find out she was, te- we don't know. And yeah. then. She, yeah, the, the sort of story ends and the three guys are like, yeah, that is pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a sin. Yeah, I guess that is sin. Sin would be if a dog talked to me. But um, yeah, so I love, like, there's so many ways to subvert the genre, yeah, mm. other than just doing the opposite or doing yes. the, like, even doing the unexpected thing. Like, mm. it's, it's you can, you can like, that's the, the beauty of genre is knowing those tropes and knowing those conventions and being like, well, 
well, let's remove this convention. Yeah. Let's put this convention. Let's mess it around. Let's, right. yeah, let's and play like, with even it. Even just messing with the structure, like, okay, so we like the the idea of not seeing the monster or mm. whatever it is. Okay, so we see the monster in the third act. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's see him in the first act. Yeah, see yeah. what that does. You see, know? Yeah, see how that works. So out. we're still getting those those conventions, but we're playing with yeah, different elements of how they how they play out in the story. Hundred percent, yeah. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Uh, and then another thing I was hoping to talk about was like the idea of when, like we've talked about sort of merging um, genres, but like stories where it just like takes a hard left turn oh, yeah. from one genre into another. Big fan. Because that's always, always interesting. It's so exciting. Yeah. You're, yeah, all of a sudden you're, it's like you're starting the story again. You yes. Know? Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. All right, here we are. Oh, wh- where's this going to go? Right. Yeah, for sure. What I was thinking about recently is the original Predator. Oh, yeah. So I was watching this um, video essay where they were talking about uh, the guy who made it. So because obviously it was made in the 80s, you've got Beefcake Arnie in there. Yeah. Uh, you've got like the the first 30 minutes of it is the most extreme machismo yeah. American in the 80s action movie you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like so over like so over the top. And I don't think I really picked up on it because the first time I would have watched it was a while ago, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so like hard on action. It is hitting all the tropes of action. It's doing it to the nth degree. It's really giving you everything you'd want from an action movie. These guys are so like capable. They're killing everyone. Explosions are happening, mm. all the rest of it. And then obviously like at that 30 minute market, when we get into our second act, that's when it changes into horror, arguably slasher. Yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, say. for sure. No, absolutely. And I really love it because it's like one, you're... They fulfill on that action. They mm. give you all the action. Like that first thing minutes, you don't need, if it's, if it stops being action moving here on out, you've, you've had enough action. Yeah. yeah you've yeah. actually ticked you've all the fill. boxes. Yeah. Anyone who wanted to get action, you've got it. And then if we're like, okay, now we're going to fulfill on the slasher tropes. Mm. And again, but we're going to give you a subversion because we've just seen how fucking capable these dudes yeah, are. Yeah. And look at them now. They're struggling. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And so when normally it's like teenagers who suck, you know, <laughs> getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. getting killed where this is like, no, these guys are ultra capable, but the slasher is also even more capable on top 100%, of hundred percent. Yeah. And we even got like the final girl, like all of it. It sort of blew my mind. Yeah. 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 And I love it. And I just think, yeah, any movie that can, or any story or book or whatever that does that is always just so sat- satisfying on like literally two levels because mm. you're getting both the genres yeah, paid off and the complete shock of it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that shock, that moment of like where, like if it's a book or if it's a movie, mm. it's like you, it's so unexpected. You almost want to pause it and be like, whoa, where are we <laughs> yeah. now? What was this? I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Incredible. Yeah. It's where I find myself flipping forward in the book being like, hold on, that person's <laughs> got to come back, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think sometimes it can not work as well. Yeah. I think it's a kind of risky thing to try and pull off. Great call. Yes. Because like, and I think as well, it's kind of like mystery, you know, mystery can tack onto any genre, but Mm. then I think there are some genres where if you pull that, that hard turn and you Mm. tack on another genre at the very end, some of them are just not going to be so congruent together. That's a good call. Yeah. And I think some of them as well, like, like what I keep thinking is fantasy and sci-fi, which are so close to each other, obviously genres anyway. But I feel like if you pull that hard turn at the end, mm. this fantasy has become sci-fi. I guess what it is, maybe what I'm trying to, like what I'm talking about is you don't want it to feel like a twist. Yeah. You don't want it to yes. feel like this is, this is, oh, this is the, it was this all along. Right. That's just not what you kind of want to be doing. Yeah. It's got to be that kind of perfect merging of the two or that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, I think you're right. And like, I'm trying to think of some, some bad examples and they're probably out there. The only one I can think of is Cowboys and Aliens. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. But that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. like, and like great premise, just mm. And, like, the fact that they call the movie that, because you're like, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, Who's oh, absolutely. Who's not buying tickets yeah, to that? Yeah, and then And then it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll have to watch it again to think about why it sucks, but I'm going to guess that it probably doesn't actually fulfill 
on both genre elements. Yeah, I don't think it does. I think, in fact, the whole film kind of just feels like a pretty typical action movie Yeah. instead of being a Western. Well, you know what a pretty good example is of mixing genres, Mm. now that I think about it? Westworld. Did you ever see season one of Westworld? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, So season one of Westworld, less so the second two seasons or whatever, which got (laughs) really bad. But anyway, this first season of Westworld does that great job of giving you a Western. It gives you a Western. Here's a Western story. Yeah. And... But also, there's obviously the sci-fi story mm. underneath. But also, there's kind of a horror story happening yeah. as well. I think Westworld, the first season at least, does a really good job of mixing oh, those yeah. genres together. Even and again, mystery. I remember the mm. one thing that caught me was the um, when they scalped someone. There was like yeah, a labyrinth that, on the back of their scalp. Yeah, and you're like, and I was like, I need to know everything what about is this. Going on yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a great example, and I think yeah, because it's fulfilling on those tropes all the way through. Like mm. especially the Western element, like. Mm. And again, like I said, I'm not as big on Westerns, but that's one where I'm like, I was loving the Westerns. Yeah, and, and I think you really noticed the absence of it when the second season didn't have it as right. much. And then when the third season was just like this full-on, full sci-fi. Yeah. And you're like, well, I, I'm realizing now that actually what I was enjoying about it was these Western elements. Yeah, and yeah. Without it, it's not the same show. It For sure. Same, like, I yeah. really, because I think in the end of the first season, they talk about like it's a bit of, because the other theme parks, I guess, yeah. that they have. And I think there was one that was like a bit of an Asian bent mm. yeah, one. I'm yeah. like, oh, Samurai, everything. Like, great, that should be season two. Like, I kind of wanted yeah. to stay within these worlds of the theme park so we could keep getting. It's such a like a nice way to keep throwing genres together. Absolutely. Ah, uh, yeah. But then obviously, nah, full sci-fi. Yeah, which... just uh, they just yeah they threw it away. I know. Like, I think season two introduced Raj World. Yeah, and yeah. There's like a World War Two world, and you're like, you have so many, so many genres here you could be playing with right again i don't care about the real world no, throw me into there the least interesting part of Westworld is <laughs> yeah. the real world but for some reason that was the enti- the place in the entirety of season three yeah uh talk so yeah. yeah but yeah i think Westworld does a does a good job of mixing quite a few genres together. certainly mm. the first season yeah. yeah yeah into something entertaining yeah yeah but yeah there are definitely i think the bad examples are more you forget them because they suck yeah a bit or whatever yeah but I think you're right. Like, like we were sort of even just saying, for obviously for a single genre, if you don't fulfill on the promise, like the genre fans aren't going to mm. like it, basically. And yeah. understandably, because I think, yeah, you're making a promise by saying. And like, again, we're talking about like not from the not from the writing, the start point, but from further down the process. Yes, like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, absolutely. This is a whatever story, mm. great. Where if you start a story and it turns out, oh, it is just weird. Yeah, that, then weird whatever, that's, whatever. That's, yeah. that's how you're, you know. Great. Now yeah. you've got that genre to play in, which exactly. might even be more fluid. Obviously, there are different genres have different levels of uh, sort of tropes and rules and all the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the ones, especially the ones where they merge them, I think, yeah, you, well, you've just sort of exponentially increased the amount of fucking up you might do <laughs> yeah, in this that's, story. That's true. Yeah. You've, you've started to promise twice as many things yeah. to us, the reader, that yeah. You, yeah, you might not fulfill. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one I was just thinking of is is Psycho, where I'd even say like the first half of it is is arguably romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where we're our protagonist, I can't remember her name now, but yeah, she's obviously like going to the hotel. She's excited to see her dude and all the rest of it, and then takes that hard left turn into oh no, this is a like this is a horror slasher. But even from the point of view of the the murderer, like, yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> it's, like it's, ballsy, absolutely, yeah, yeah, so ballsy, and uh, you know, like a class, it worked. Yeah. yeah, well, like obviously, like one that's sort of lasted the test of time. It's clearly one that mm. worked for people. And like, I think even audience, I know the first time I watched it, which was only when I was like at uni yeah. um, doing my master's. Cause I was like, Oh, black and white old mm. movie. No, thank you. And then, you know, we had to watch it. I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I remember watching it in high school when mm. I was even less interested. Right, yeah. uh, I was like, Oh my God. But it, yeah, it, it was, it's, it's enthralling. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm there the whole time. Yeah. So other than um, horror, do you, what other genres do you find yourself well, mostly drawn I, to? Well, I, um, if for writing, it's just been horror so far. Mm. But I also do for Sans Pants and for my personal life, a, yeah. a lot of role playing. Yeah, yeah. Which is a kind of different beast entirely because role playing is you're still writing a story, mm. but the characters in your story, uh, you know, some of them aren't controlled by you. So you kind of got to preempt what those characters might yeah. do to try and try and tell a story. And I know uh, something I'm really guilty of in those kind of role-playing scenarios is that I just clearly have a story I want to tell and everybody's yeah, all over yeah. the road. Of it's course. a big faux pas sure. and it's not how you're meant to do it. But yeah. so often I'm like, no, 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 no. You're <laughs> going to, you're just, you're just along for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> you enjoy yeah. it. And so that will be fantasy. That can be mm. mystery. That can be sci-fi occasionally yeah, even. Yeah. Uh, fantasy is a, as a, tro- as a, a genre is something that I always kind of struggle with. I don't think it interests me terribly yeah, much. Yeah, right. And I think 
that can sometimes. So I have a, a D and D campaign. Mm. It's a very long story. I've been telling with a bunch of friends for about two years now. I think we started at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, and even the characters that I play in the Sandspans podcast, mm. D and D is for nerds. Something Adam, the DM of that, always says is that every character I make is fighting the genre. <laughs> I, every character I make oh, is there to be like I. I hate. I'm not a fantasy guy. It's not a, no, I don't hate fantasy. I right. quite like fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But it's really not my genre. And yeah. so every character, I guess, is this weird attempt at subversion or this yeah. weird fighting the system kind yeah. of thing. And often I'm not doing it on purpose. It's mm. just. And then yes, this this fantasy campaign, this D and D campaign, the whole thing is fighting the yeah. the tropes of Dungeons and Dragons and the tropes of fantasy or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of set in this this very tip. My kind of idea was it's like a very typical fantasy world, mm. your basic fantasy story. Uh, but a terrible. This all happened before uh, the the pandemic as right. well, which is so funny. Yeah. One of the places in the world is called Old Corona. Absolutely oh. coincidental. Oh no! <laughs> and a big plague has as yeah kind of like swept the world. <laughs> and it, my, the basic kind of beginning thought for it was, what if it was like a like a like the Black Death? Yeah. But it was werewolfism. Oh, so, that's so this great. werewolf yeah. plague has swept the world. And it's a very typical Dungeons and Dragons world. So there was like an adventurers league and a, mm. and, and a bunch of, you know, plucky adventurers who would come and save the day. But then it turned out these werewolves or whatever were just too dangerous, too powerful. Right. None of the adventurers could do it. And so the yeah, world was yeah. like, well, fuck you guys. You <laughs> you meant to help us in this situation. So you didn't. So it was a, it's kind of a, yeah, a fantasy setting. Yeah. Like a D&D setting where the good guys didn't fail the, the, the conventions right. of the world that... You know, everybody expects to work, have stopped working. The things that were once important mm. are no longer important. What does that look like or whatever? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's just kind of the same thing. It's kind of, again, fighting fantasy, fighting those stories. Um, and yeah, it's the same thing with all of my characters. Right. But I think that's so interesting. I think like is, for the role-playing stuff, uh, just some of the stuff that I've like, other podcasts I've listened to, mm. or now there's even a few TV shows and that sort of thing. Um, I do find that like because they're so grounded in genre, but because you've got so many brains playing away mm. at it, they really do like end up subverting it quite Absolutely. a bit or like not even necessarily subverting it. I think pushing the, like pushing the boundaries mm. of what is fantasy. Like I think someone who's like a eh, fantasy, you know, like especially high fantasy in yeah, particular, yeah. which I, I kind of get. So like my journey with genre started with high fantasy, like so oh, many yeah. little, I was definitely a little fantasy nerd all through <laughs> high school, read them all. Um, that was all, that was the only sort of genre I was interested in. Um, I think I started with like Raymond E. Feast was my, oh, yeah. was my guy. And then, both my brothers, big old fantasy nerds as well. Like, but we all sort of had our authors that we chose. Yeah, like, yeah. Matt was um, David Gemmel, and then Jono was like David Eddings was his, one of his main dudes. And eventually, I got into like Robert Jordan's so Wheel of Time. But either way, there's obviously so much of yeah, that. oh yeah, it can give you entertain for a good long time. And then it was like I think that pretty much got me through almost to like after high school, uni. And then finally I started to go, I feel like I've read all these stories. You know, you get to the next assassin book and you're like, no, I've definitely read this story before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then I sort of jumped from there to to like probably more magical realism. Yeah, okay. And then I think that led me from there to like sci-fi. I would say I've only really gotten into horror, definitely for film only in the last few years because of Scary Boys, but books a little bit maybe before that. Oh, yeah. Um, And now I really love it. And then mystery, yeah, same sort of thing. Like, but I'm like... 30 like mm. it's taken me all years to just find the next genre right? like yeah i think oh, they yeah. all kind of they're all sort of this they, they they all give you different things but i think the things they give like for me with horrors like oh it's it's still a, a thing of our world but something interesting yeah. and unique and like oh i never realized that was the element to it and then I, of course i can enjoy that and yeah for it. sure uh, yeah and i think that's what i kind of like about horror as a genre because I, I think I, I was a big fantasy kid as well yeah even though I, I don't love it so much now uh, I, but I wonder if like that's because yeah for me yeah. I found myself burnt out on yeah on yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah I think I think I was kind of the same and I, and I randomly started reading this trilogy of books that I never hear anybody talk about mm. by an Australian author named Glenda C. Clark I think her name okay. is uh, and it was like one of the first fantasy stories that I kind of read as a teenager like mm. after kind of like reading some of those kind of like more young kid oriented yeah. fantasy stories or whatever yeah. uh, and it's like super low fantasy super weird super full of subverting yeah great. it's like there are two kinds of magic users in on these island chains and the, mm. there's this framing device that's basically like a proxy of colonial england coming right. to colonize the islands that, that don't have any magic and they've mm. arrived on these islands and the, yeah, there's, there's there's like um Sylv magic users who mm. can heal people and their magic is blue. Right. Then there's done magic users who can hurt people and their magic is red. And then there's people called the aware who are immune to all magic and they can visually see it. Right. But then in the second book, they meet a doctor 
who lives in like these highland plains where they barely ever see magic users. Mm. And the doctor's like, I reckon it's a disease. Ooh. And, and they're like, well, how do we defeat the big bad? And he's like, I reckon we could cure magic. And oh, you're like, that's awesome. that kicks ass. And I think that really influenced what I wanted out of a fan. Because if I read, because yeah. I think yeah, those early stories, the tropes were subverted, the genre yeah. was subverted. Going back to the unsubverted form, I was a bit like, well, yeah, but you're not doing anything you should you're just showing me a dwarf you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah and that's yeah. all fine and dandy but do something with that dwarf yeah. tell me about that dwarf so yeah but then it's funny with me with horror which is my favorite genre mm. i was such a cowardly kid right i in i had to get the librarian to turn around the goosebumps books because i just didn't <laughs> like looking at them right. i remember uh getting a Goosebumps Tarzo in a thing of Doritos when I was like seven, yeah. crying, getting my mom to pull the car over no. so we could throw the Tarzo in the bin because I was so scared of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a, like, a, I think the book's called like, I, I forget what the book's called, mm. but the cover and what was on the Tarzo is a guy in a big sandwich, <laughs> like a giant sandwich and he's in it about to be eaten. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. Weirdly sounds like the kind of story you would never write. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just have a therapy session and get big sandwich in yeah. my head. <laughs> and, and write it down. But, but, and then I, yeah, I had like when I was a teenager, I started reading horror again. But for some reason, the horror books I read were like, you know, those like pulpy, mm. tawdry, like 1970s, glossy covered right. horror books yeah, that yeah, were yeah. all full of sex scenes and weird <laughs> vibe. I don't know. I read so many yeah, of them. Okay. Just these, and then I, yeah, I started to move on to like, well, let, let's read some of the classics. And yeah. That's kind of where I'm at the moment. But mm. yeah, it's funny those, those genre journeys that you go through. Yeah. Like yeah. another one I think is about more, I guess more back with fantasies. The, I, every once in a while, I'll jump back into a high fantasy book yeah. and be like, let's see if someone's got something new and sometimes yeah it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, okay that's a different take and then other times you're like oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> damn um, but the ones that I found myself like the fantasy where I'm like oh this is giving me what I used to get from high fantasy when I was a kid yeah it's just like Ghibli movies oh yes where it's big like, time true this is fantasy but it's like I don't know what's coming next yeah yeah where obviously with more traditional high fantasy, I'm like, I know exactly, I knew to the mm. T what's going <laughs> to yeah, happen yeah, next. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of one of the, like, the problem, well, not the mm. problems of genre, but that's a kind of, that's, yeah, it's a risk. You yes. Know? No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And one thing I want to ask you about was like, so off mic, you were talking about how you've been reading these really great horror anthologies, mm. often ones from like stories from all around the world. Yeah. And so I think for Ghibli, it's like, even though some of those the stories they take are Western stories originally in the book form. But I think because they've just got, I mean, definitely Miyazaki is just like, he's a unique oh, individual yeah, brain. So I don't want to paint their whole continent with that brush. <laughs> but like, I do think there is something with different cultures coming at the yeah, same absolutely. genres. You're going to get something different. So yeah, I was just hoping you could tell us a bit more about those, like those world horror stories. Oh, well, yeah, I, I really recommend them just because it's a, it's a kind of fascinating journey. The Valencourt Publishing do a bunch of great anthologies mm. and they do a lot of really good reprints as well of yeah. books that have been uh, out of print for ages. A lot of horror, I think mostly horror a lot of queer fiction as well mm-hmm. and maybe some fantasy but i can't remember but yeah i uh, i saw it just on amazon right. the valencourt book of world horror i was like that's a really interesting idea and yeah it's really fascinating because i think it's the same with ghibli yeah you know ghibli uh you're right even if it's a western story you can tell that there is probably a drawing on like japanese folklore and yeah. stuff certainly yeah. with like the the sort of straight ghibli narratives where they're not adapting anything you're yeah like, like screwed it away I yeah think. and totoro and yeah. stuff you're like these are you can see the the Japanese and, and even Princess Mononoke, I think yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and you can and it's the same thing with the Valencourt Book of World Horror. You'll you'll read a story from Trinidad and you'll mm. be like, well, this is a absolutely a creature or a kind of conventions that I've just never encountered in fiction before. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a really good one. I think it's Trinidadian. I, I'm, I might be wrong. Right. Uh, about a specific kind of zombie they have over there called a screamer, <laughs> and it's about this guy. Just he's like arriving in town for business. Mm. He is a screaming. He's like, oh why is everybody what's that screaming can't handle it yeah and it just it goes in a bunch of directions you don't expect because you just have no it's yeah it's like the opposite of that high fantasy thing you don't know what's coming next you just you've got no frame of reference for what's going to happen yes next in the story i think valencourt what's really good as well is that the the popular authors from those world horror books Mm. they've translated a bunch of their stories into english really recently and they're um i know there's one by a guy named chris akers i think or chris Mm -hmm. angers 
which is was the only book in the anthology where I was like, I am legitimately disturbed. Like <laughs> I have become unhappy having yeah. read that. Um, uh, yeah, that was a bad time. Yeah, I, I've yeah. ordered his book because I'm like, I, I need it. I yeah. need to be properly yeah. fucked up by everything he's written. Right. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so it is really cool. It's really worthwhile, mm. I think, especially if you like horror, to be like, well, what what scares other cultures? You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. What are the things that frighten those other cultures that I've maybe never encountered before? Yeah. yeah. And I think it comes again back to that point of genre where there is like that danger you mentioned of familiarity yeah. of like, okay, I see what you're doing. And mm. that's obviously less satisfying. But I think like the thing I think about, especially fantasy stories from different cultures or horror, actually, yeah. actually no, any of them really is like, is because their myth, like we, you don't realize how much our mythologies bleed into our little yeah, brains. Yeah. Like we're just so familiar with Western mythologies in terms of like some folk stuff, but definitely I'd say even like high fantasy arguably is kind yeah, of yeah, for Western sure. mythology. Where, like, I've read some sort of world mythology books, or, like, I've had some just from Japan, because I do think, like, their mythology... Mm. Oh, it's very cool, yeah. ...rocks, but, like, even, like, Russian mythology, there's there's some super interesting Mm. stuff. And there's so much in there, like, just their fairy... Their old fairy tales and mythologies or myths or whatever, and they're, like, they're so diverse and interesting, and you realise, oh, I've only had, like, a tiny slice of the pie. Yeah, 100%. And immediately, like, there is so much more out there that's so interesting, and I, I wonder for those for the audiences from their cultures, if they're like, oh, of course that's, yeah, oh, it's yeah. that thing. It's the screamer zombie, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, Like, oh, yeah, I know what it is yeah, the moment yeah. I start reading it. Yeah. And so for them, maybe, you know, it's not as, like, engrossing because it's not as new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, I guess it makes me excited for genre where you're like, oh, there is there's so much more out mm, there. So much more than you you would at first imagine. You just got to yeah. kind of find it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny that, like, you know, taking from folklore and how much, like, it makes me think of, like, like a vampire or a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Like, these are fairly... Not in terms of the base concept, because yeah. a lot of other cultures have their vampires and their like the, right. the same kind of conventions, I guess. But like yeah. the what we imagine of as a vampire or a werewolf, it's it's kind of you're always coming back to that same basic idea. And what I mm. think about is, I, it would be so interesting to try and write a new one. I don't yeah. mean like a new vampire, a new werewolf, but to be like I'm making a creature, yes, with conventions, yeah. with rules, the yeah. same way a va- vampires, same way a werewolf, same way a zombie, like. To try and it's, it's, in many ways, I th- it feels almost like trying to think of a new color. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're yeah. like, what? Well, what could I? How could I take that next step? How could I make some kind of being that doesn't feel like any of the other beings? How yeah. can I do that without it kind of being too ridiculous? So, yeah, I don't know. For yeah. sure, for sure. And then yeah. I think, yeah, reading those kind of other cultures' mythologies and stuff, it's kind of like that's kind of like seeing yep. those new creatures. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I've had ones where I've tried to do the same thing. I'm like, okay, I think I've got to like, all right, they're humanoid, but they like suck the soul. So you're like, oh, that's a vampire. Yeah, damn it, I've just swapped blood with like soul yeah. or whatever. But they're a human, but they become a. Di- uh, I made a, I made a werewolf. I made yeah, a werewolf. it's just damn a different life of a werewolf. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, there are, like, again, to go to the Japanese. So, like, I think if we think of ghost, generally you're like, oh, Victorian England person in it, like that. I'm like, that's so boring as a ghost type. Yeah. Where, like, for Japan, they've literally got, like, the yokai. So they've Mm. literally got so many different definitions of what different different types of ghosts. Yeah, like absolutely. One size does not fit all. <laughs> yeah. You can have like the toilet ghost yeah, who just yeah. lives in the toilet. That's They've got the, that one that just looks like an umbrella with like an eye on the handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That rolls. That's so good. Their yeah. ghosts are like Pokemon. There's just so many <laughs> variations. <laughs> and like for me, I think, yeah, that's like really exciting. You're mm. like, oh, okay. I need to like... I need to push my brain to push the genre, push yeah. those those even those single elements of genre and find the same thing but completely different. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, yeah. Try and yeah, kind of like expand what and I, and I think in many ways it kind of comes back to that like you can write whatever you want. Yeah, it's like you got to expand your mind to be like and you know that's I mean that's the beauty of genre I guess mm. is it is it's here if you need it. Yeah. But if if you don't want to you know you don't have to engage with all elements yeah. of it. Yeah. You can write whatever you like. Yeah. That's it. I think that's a Beautiful takeaway. Just, yeah, write whatever you want. It's <laughs> yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, thanks so much, dude. This has been an absolute Thanks for having me on. Last. I've been yeah, yeah, this was great. so looking forward to it. It's been everything I wanted. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to hear more from Jackson, you can check out his always enjoyable podcast, Plumbing the Death Star, Thumb Cramps, Baseless Speculation, and so many others. I was like, do I write them all down? Uh, no, there's too, too many. many. Yeah. Yeah, Just head over to Sands Fans Radio. There's so much stuff there. Like Jack said, there's so much D&D and role-playing stuff for oh, you yeah. story nerds that are just, they absolutely rule. Or you can find Jackson on Twitter at All Dogs Are Dead. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Midday Pajamas. Feel free to send me an email at shorttales.podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Short Tales, and I've been Damien Robb. <laughs>